Welcome to the Second Students North podcast. My name is Luis. We're in a series called Common Knowledge, where we tackle some questions that we as believers should have the answers to. Questions such as, who is God? Why did God make us? And what is sin? Our prayer is that these messages give you confidence in your faith. We hope you enjoy week one. Kicking off this new series, it's called Common, <coughs> excuse me, Common Knowledge. And we're doing this um, series, and it's all about things that we as believers should hold in common. There are things that we should know as um, Christians that are common to all of us, but you'll see the questions we ask. I'm going to pose the first question. It's, we should have an answer for it, but a lot of times we don't. It's not common knowledge. It's not a common answer. And the first question is this, so I'll just lay it out there. Tonight, what we're talking about is this. It's this question. Who is God? Who is God? I ask you that question, and some of you guys immediately think, I have, I have no idea. And some of you are thinking like, I don't even think I'm qualified to answer that question. Um, who is God? That's a big question. But tonight, we're tackling this question, and the reality is, we're in this room to worship God, and so it would make sense if we, would, if we can answer. It would only make sense that we would be able to answer the question, who is God, if we're here to worship God. I've got a video I want to show you guys. It's um, people from around the world attempting to answer this question. I want you guys to see what their answers were. You guys, you listen to that and you think, wow, what a, the first, one of the first things somebody said was, what a loaded question. Who is God? But here's what I want all of us to be able to say. I want all of us to be able to answer that question. If somebody tomorrow were to ask you who is God, I want you to be able to have an answer. And I want to give you the simple foundation for you guys, a place to start. It's a simple answer, but who is God? This is what we believe. This is what I believe. And I want to encourage you guys tonight, and really every time you gather here, I don't want you guys to just take my word for, um, for how to answer this question. What I want is for you guys to search out and to seek God like your life depends on it, because it does. And so here's a simple foundation answer for you. Who is God? Simply put, God is the creator of everyone and everything. That's our starting point. If somebody were to ask you, who is God? God is the creator of everyone and everything. <clears throat> if you're like me, this is exactly how you're feeling right now. You hear that definition and you think, that is, that is lame. Like that doesn't satisfy me as an answer. You're here, you want to answer to who is God, and your first thought is, I need something epic, I need something profound, and I tell you that God is the creator of everything and everyone, and you think, that's it? Let me, let me share a quote with you to kind of set the expectation for tonight. Because if that's you, if you think, well, that's not enough, I want you to understand something as we launch into tonight, I want you to understand something very important about who God is as we seek to wrap our minds around him. Tim Mackey, he created the Bible Project, the videos, maybe some of you guys have seen him. I love Tim Mackey, but Tim Mackey says this. This quote's gonna be on the screen. <clears throat> he says, the God of the Bible isn't a being that you understand. The point is to know and be known by this God so that we can participate in his love. I want you to look at the very beginning. 
the God of the Bible isn't a being that you understand. For some of you, I say that God is the creator of everything and everyone. And the first thing that comes to your mind is that's not good enough because it doesn't allow you to fully wrap your mind around who God is, to fully understand God. And that's what innately we all want. We want to be able to fully understand God. And so when we start there, that God is the creator of everything and everyone, you think that's not enough. And I want you to know, this is where our expectation should be. We will never fully understand who God is, but the good news is, the good news is we can know God. We can know about God. It's the same thing. Some of you guys, a lot of you guys know me, but there are some things that I do. If you've seen me at camp or you've seen me on the dance floor, which very few of you have, but you would say, I know Randy, but man, there's some things I do not understand about Randy when he gets in his like crazy mode, which it does exist. But there is a way to know who somebody is and to know about somebody, but to not completely understand something or to fully understand. And I want you to know tonight that if you hear this definition, this starting point, and it doesn't fulfill you, it's because you wanna be able to put your arms around God. You don't feel like you can share this definition with your friends at school because they'll say, okay, that's really basic. But it's because we want to be able to fully understand God and you need to know tonight that your expectation should not be to fully understand God. Because think about this, if you could fully understand God, then would God still be God? He wouldn't. If we could wrap our minds fully around God, he would not be God. But the good news is we can know God. How do we, how do we know God? How do we know the God who created, because God is who created everything and everyone, How can we know him? Well, it's interesting. Scripture says that one way we know him is through this book, is through God's word. If you read in 2 Timothy 3.16, this Bible says that all scripture, it says it's God-breathed. It's inspired by God. You guys, what I hold in my hand tonight, what we are reading from, this isn't just a made-up fictional book. This is God's word that has been breathed out by God And it means that we can know him. You guys, there is no textbook you're going to open tomorrow or for the rest of your life that is going to be able to transform who you are more than this book right here. It is God-breathed. And because it is God's word, it is God-breathed, we can know who God is. God tells us in Psalm 19 that he shows us who he is through creation. We talked about this on Sunday morning a few weeks ago. But in Psalm 19, it says that the heavens declare his glory, and that the skies proclaim who God is, that when you look at nature and when you look at the world that we live in, it actually tells us, helps us to know more of who God is. Do we fully understand who God is through creation? No, but we can know more about who God is. And that, students, is the goal of answering the question, who is God, the creator of everything and everyone? This is where we begin, and then we also know who God is through Jesus, If you read in Colossians chapter one, Jesus actually says, or in Colossians it says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. There is an aspect of God that we can't see, but scripture says that in Jesus, if you wanna catch a glimpse of who God is, look at Jesus. And we're gonna talk more about that in a little bit. But I wanna give you a few things that we need to know about God. The the reality is, students, we could be in here for an hour, and we could talk about all these different attributes. And so what I chose to do tonight 
is I want to give you a basic definition that tomorrow when you go to school and somebody asks you who God is, you can tell them something very simple. God is the creator of everything and everyone. And let me just tell you, if that's not enough for somebody, then I'm telling you that's something that's wrong with the inside of them, but it has nothing to do with what's wrong with God. And you help that person understand, you'll never fully understand God, but that's where we start. But there are some things that are very important that we know about God. He's not just the creator of everything and everyone, but things that you find in scripture is this. The first thing is God is personal. That is who God is. This creator of everything and everyone, it can seem so distant. If we're not careful, we'll enter into this room and you'll think, man, God is so far away. How could I ever know who God is? But I want you to know that God just, I mean, <laughs> I mean, just let it sink in for a second. That when you look into the sky, the, the God who created everything you can see, the stars and the moon, that that God is personal, which means we can, we can know him. And Psalm 103, this verse will be on the screen, but it says this, Psalm 103, verse 13, it says, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. God is someone who has compassion like a father. That's not a distant, we can't approach this God who created everyone and everything. God says, like a father, he has compassion on those who fear him. The Bible says that God thinks. It says that his thoughts, God says, my thoughts are above your thoughts. He thinks, he reasons, he gets angry, he rejoices. God is personal. I want you to know that as we sing worship songs, we're in a room right now, not worshiping a God who's just sitting back and being like, I'm going to be distant, you do your thing. But God wants to be here with us in a very real and personal way. That's who God is. The creator of everything and everyone is a personal God. God is also this, if you're taking notes, and we're not going to do an exhaustive list, but God is also eternal. God is personal and God is eternal. He's absolute. Um, <clears throat> Revelation 22, verse 13 says this <clears throat> about God. This is actually God speaking. He says, I am the alpha, the omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. God, if you can even begin to comprehend this, God has always existed. There is no beginning for him. There is no end. He has always existed and he is absolute in Exodus chapter 3, Moses is talking to God, and God is telling Moses he's got to go to Pharaoh, and he's got to go tell Pharaoh that God says, let my people go. And Moses asks God, he says, okay, God, um, all right, you're asking me to go to Pharaoh, and I'm just supposed to walk up in there and say, hey, um, God says, let my people go. He's like, I'm going to need some help explaining to people who you are. So can you go ahead and tell me, God, what, what should I say you are? What should I tell them your name is to help them understand so they might, you know, understand what's going on here? And you know what Jesus says to Moses? When Moses is trying to get his mind wrapped around what I'm supposed to explain to these people exactly, God says, you tell them, I am who I am. Wrap your mind around that statement. Because I'll tell you what, like, I, I think about it, I'm just kind of like, still lost, Lord. Still, I mean, I am who I am. I am who I am. Are you kidding me? I want more. But again, you have to approach this from the standpoint of we will never 
fully understand God. We just have to know him. And he says, I am who I am, which is him saying, I am absolute. I'm self-sustaining. God doesn't rely on anything. He is, and he exists. And all we can really do is know that God is everything. He created everything and everyone, and he always has existed. He always has existed. He is eternal. He's absolute. And you know what's amazing is that creation declares how amazing he is. If you look into the universe, you go and you start looking at images that are being sent back from space in this universe that just goes on and on, and it just declares that we have a God who is eternal and great and amazing. Let me speed through a couple more here so we can begin to wrap up because we could talk forever. I want you to know this. So God is personal. God is eternal. I want you to know this. God is perfect. God is perfect. The God who created everything and everyone, he is perfect. Listen to what Psalm 11, Psalm 11 says here on the screen. It says, God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is pure. He is a shield to all who take refuge in him. God is perfect. Now, this is what's going to come up. You're sitting in your seat and you're thinking, okay, God is perfect. That means everything God does is perfect. And we've talked about this here at Live before, but some of you are thinking, well, if God is so perfect, why do bad things happen here? Because if everything God does is perfect, then why do I sin? Why do I mess up? Why do I not want to go to school tomorrow? Because when Randy asked me the question from one to 10, I said five, because I'm really kind of hurting right now. Well, let me just throw this out because again, we don't have a lot of time to dive into this, but let me just throw this out. God is perfect. And so everything he allows is perfect. And we've talked about this, but I want you to know something that God wants us to know him. And if God would not have allowed us, allowed us to mess up or Adam and Eve to sin, I want you to know something that we would never know the depth. We would never know the depth of God's love for us because it's one thing for the God who created everything and everyone to come to you and say, I love you when you haven't messed up one time. But think about this. God says he loves you in the midst of the worst sin you could ever commit. And so what a perfect God does is he allows us to sin and to mess up so he can show you just how perfect his love is. And so before you let somebody tell you, well, God can't be perfect because a perfect God wouldn't allow bad things to happen, well, just understand a perfect God wants you to know him completely. And by allowing something like sin into the world, he can show you just how amazing his love is. And he doesn't want to hide any part of himself from you. And you guys, that's good news. That's good news. I want to share something with you that's really profound and something that um, separates us from other religions because you'll get this, you know, God, um, man, everybody believes in the same God. It's just a different form. You heard that on the video, man, God is just, he's just one God, but everybody has a different way of getting to him. Once you share with you something that separates our God from every other God and it is found in Jesus because God is one God, but he exists in three forms. We call it the Trinity. And we're going to talk about this for just a second. I want to draw your attention to John chapter 14. If you have your Bibles, open up. But John chapter 14, I'm going to start reading in verse 8. 
And I want to share something with you because this is really important when you get into discussions about who God is, the creator of everything and everyone. It says this in verse 8 of John chapter 14. It says, Lord said, or Lord said, Philip, show us the Father and that's enough for us. You guys, remember what he wants. He wants to wrap his mind around who God is, just like we all do. Show us the Father and that's enough. Just let us see it. Just help us understand it. And that's, that's enough for us. Just Just show us, and that's going to be enough. And then listen to what Jesus says in verse 9. Jesus said to him, Have I been among you all this time, and you do not know me, Philip? The one who has seen me, this is Jesus, the one who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe, listen students, don't you believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words I speak to you, I do not speak on my own. The Father who lives in me does his work. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father's in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. Jesus will go on. He says, I and the Father are one. Jesus clearly says that he is God, that if you have seen Jesus, you have seen the Father. And students, I want you to know that he proclaimed that. And students, that's the reason why the religious leaders put him on the cross is because he claimed to be God, and the religious people said, there's no way, blasphemy, nobody can claim to be God, and they put him on a cross for it. Because Jesus is God. He claims it. And there will be people who will tell you that Jesus isn't really God. But God's word and God himself says that Jesus is God. And then it goes on, there's a third part to this trinity. I promise you we'll wrap up. This is really important. It says this, if you skip down to verse 16, Jesus is still talking to his disciples, and he says this, Wrap your mind around this one, students. It says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor. So he's like, what in the world? So we got Jesus. Jesus is about to die on a cross. He's telling him, and he says, and there will be another counselor to be with you forever. This is Jesus talking. He says, I'm sending another counselor, and he's going to be with you forever. And then it says, Verse 17, he is the spirit of truth. The the world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him. But you do know him because, listen to this, he remains with you and will be in you. What Jesus is explaining here is that there is God the Father, God the Son, and there is God the Spirit. And God the Spirit, don't anybody panic, He comes to live inside of you. When you choose to say, God, you're my Lord, you're my Savior, your body is this temple that God comes to reside in and comes to take residence in. And God says that he exists in three forms, one God in three forms. And I want to say this because some of you are thinking, how do we wrap our minds around that? Some of you will tell other people this and they'll say, that's impossible. But I want to say something to you. If you took this phone, if you went back 200 years ago, Let's just say you went back 200 years and you found some students or adults and you, sh- you told somebody, you tried to explain the cell phone to somebody 200 years ago. You went to them and said, hey, get this. There's going to be this little thin little thing you can carry around in your pocket and you can literally have a face-to-face conversation with somebody on the other side of the planet. Literally. You can have a face-to-face conversation with someone on the other side of the planet. 200 years ago, somebody's going to look at you and say, Lock this person up. They've lost their mind. That is impossible. 
That's what somebody would have said about the cell phone 200 years ago. So I tell you that because if somebody tells you, and that's not necessarily how the Trinity works, I give that illustration because of this, this, because just because you think something is impossible or it doesn't make sense to you right now, doesn't mean that it's not possible. Just because it doesn't make sense right now does not mean it's not possible. Somebody would have looked at you and said, the cell phone's impossible 20 years ago. But you know what? They would have been wrong. And I want you guys to know that the Trinity, our God, our one God exists in three forms. And you may not be able to fully understand that, but that does not negate the fact that it is true. And this God who is eternal, this God who is personal, this God who exists in three forms, this is a God who loves you. He wants to hear from you. He wants to worship with you. I wish we could keep going. Man, some of you guys are like, Randy, stick around afterwards. Let's dive into like round two. I can keep talking for another 10 minutes, but you know what? We don't have that because you guys have homework. So um, maybe afterwards we can talk more because I still have more points, but I'm not going to go into that. But I want you to know the simple truth, and we're going to wrap up. We're going to worship some more. And I want to invite you guys, keep coming back because we're going to keep talking about some of these questions that I promise you, you want answers to, and more than that, you need answers to. But this God who created everything and everyone, he's a God who ultimately, he loves you. The Bible over and over again says, God is love. And in John three sixteen, it actually says that God loves the world so much that he actually gave his only son. He sent Jesus into the world. God in the flesh came into the world. He died on the cross and he did that for you. He died on the cross for you because God wants a personal relationship with you. See, God allowed us to sin so he could show us his great love. And so he sent Jesus to the cross and the greatest act of love was when Jesus went to the cross and gave his life so that you wouldn't have to pay the penalty of separation for God forever. But so that, get this, but so that you could know God fully. And when you choose to accept Christ as your Lord and your Savior, you step into a relationship with God that transforms your life for all eternity. All the sin and all the things that you've done in your life that separate us from God, God doesn't want to leave you there. But he loves you and he rescued you. The God who created everything and everyone. He loves you. He's with us. And he wants you to know him.